we are today going to be um, just looking at Kingdom Generosity, which I started this series in July, and we had a whole lot of stuff that kind of started happening amongst us, and we needed to pay attention to that. And so today we're going to move on to that, and I'm Carrie's way ahead of me. Cool. Well done. Um, we are in a time right now, aren't we, where there's just all sorts of stuff happening in the global economy. And we recognise that there are household costs that are increasing, that on our lips and on our minds and in our hearts and perhaps keeping us awake at night is the fact that there's interest rate issues going on. And, and so when we pray for someone like Craig that's just received a promotion, that's available also for us to be praying for many of us here today. If you are finding that horses are a bit stretched, ask the Lord to open up some other areas where he wants to provide for you because he is Jehovah Jireh. This was just one way that we're noticing for, for our church family that people are getting either grants in their job or they're getting new resources being added to them. And so I just wanted to say at the front end of that, but that is available to us from our Father. He loves us that much. But we are right now in a place where we're kind of aware that the conversation is all about reprioritizing our material resources in our lives. People are renegotiating how they're spending things. People are stewarding their resources very carefully. And so the kingdom generosity is something that is on the Father's heart for us because he wants us to be counter-cultural. He wants us to be responding in a way that looks like him and that our motives are right. And so part of what we're going to be moving through is that we're moving from self to community. And so what does it look like for a community to live with kingdom generosity? Not something that I just do alone, but something that we do together. And so very often we find that people remove themselves from community when things become. The richness is amongst community. And we are so blessed to know that this, I'm, I'm speaking to the converted, you are a generous community already, and so hopefully this will just animate the life of the spirit that's already amongst us. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when we did look at generosity, kingdom generosity, we looked at how the people of God were moving through the wilderness and they were learning from the Father that in Exodus 16, there was provision available daily. That he knew their needs and he met them through manna and... What was it? Quail. Manna and quail. What is this? It's manna. It's something that they'd never seen before. And they were learning to get as a community to, to depend on God and depend on the one that was leading them through the wilderness. And having enough food for tomorrow was what they were being told, but it was also not to store anything, just to realise it was going to come daily provision. And they experienced that and they realised that the story of God was leading them through a wilderness space where they were recognising he was their provider and they could depend on daily provision. And if you notice that wilderness stories in the Bible become places where people are being schooled, they're being taught about how the Father wants them to be working through their way of life, how they're going to see places of transitions as leading them to promises that he has for them. And so in this Exodus 16 story, we recognise that they were learning their heart posture was dependence on God for provision. 
And there are echoes of wilderness in this environment we're in right now, that we're moving from one place to another. We are in transition as a local church, but in this global economy, we are also in transition towards promises that, that we have that we know that God is going to provide in ways that are going to surprise us. And these zones can often cause us to be moving through painful times. Wilderness is not always an easy time. Yet scripture reminds us that wilderness without God are terrible times, but wilderness with God are tools for us to learn more about him. So today we're going to turn to Luke 3, and there's a guy in the wilderness with a prophetic voice, John the Baptist. Before we go there, I just want to say that as lead pastor, my role, my calling before you guys before this church and before God is everything that we see is to be discipled until Christ is formed in you, in me and in us. So transformation is what we're looking for. That is my role, that's my job, to see that we are being formed like Christ. And you can't think your way towards Christ-likeness. You can't think your way towards being his image. We actually have to live and practice his way. And so today with Kingdom Generosity, we're coming with that sense that he is going to not only affirm this Kingdom Generosity that flows through our hearts, but he's also going to expand that. So let's have a look at Luke 3. Picked way too fast. Luke 3. So here we have John the Baptist in the wilderness and there's crowds coming to him. And this is how he starts to talk. He'd just been quoting another prophetic voice in Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophetic voice saying that there is actually a way being prepared for the Messiah. And this is what John the Baptist said to the crowds. Imagine receiving these words. You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you are, have repented of your sins and have turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we're descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, but I tell you that God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce more fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Encouraging, right? <laughs> this is a prophetic voice saying something's about to happen. Live this way. And so the crowds, this is their question. What should we do? What should we do? John replied, <laughs> I'm not good at driving this. Okay, John replied, John the Baptist is saying, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even the corrupt tax collectors came to be baptised and asked, teacher, what should we do? Same question. He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? asked some soldiers, and John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations, be content with your pain. 
Let's all read that last line. Be content with your own. It's what he told the military officers. So the big question that's being asked of the, from the crowd is what does this mean for us? Big question for us as well is what does it mean for us? Kingdom generosity, what does it mean to baptize, be baptized, to repent and turn to the Lord? What does it mean for us? And so here, Luke is telling us that there were three groups. There's the crowd asking that question. There were the tax collectors asking that question. And there were soldiers asking that question. So the first one, do you have an extra winter coat? Then share it with someone else is the answer. Do you have enough money to buy two lunches? Then have one for yourself and buy one for someone else. Do you collect taxes for a living? Stop ripping off the poor and collect only what is required. Are you in the military? Then stop gaining authority and exploiting your power. Learn contentment with your salary. Every example that John the Baptist is saying to this crowd, every example has to do with money and possessions. Something is being flagged in the arrival of Jesus. What should we do? Should we be nervous and anxious? Should we be nervous and anxious when we turn to God and concerned about our power financial well-being? When the kingdom comes, you say, no, you're going to have more than enough to operate in that mode. So, conversations about money. If you are getting anxious and nervous because that's what's being talked about on a Sunday, let me just say, as a pastor, we recognise Often, church leaders do not like talking about money. Or they like talking about it too much. There's a huge spectrum, right? And I know that some of our experience has been that we've sat in places where too much has been said about money, the focus has been too much, and then there's the other extreme where nothing is said. So I'm going to just today say a few things about what we've observed, particularly in this environment, about what it's like for pastors fearfully talking about this stuff. And there are three things I want to talk about. First of all, perception. So having travelled quite a bit recently, and it's also been part of the Vineyard Movement, this is a current conversation for all our churches. And one of the things is that there's a perception that's going on in church world that it's a private matter. Money is a private matter. And we don't talk about that. And we don't talk about it because we're fearful that people are going to think all we talk about is money and all that we talk about is possessions and giving. And we pull back from talking about that because we also have a perception it's a private matter. And I have to be honest that often I've thought it's between you and God this time. Whatever the Holy Spirit says to you, it's between you. And I've been corrected gently by the Holy Spirit and powerfully by the Holy Spirit saying, no, it's actually a part of our discipleship. That we actually do talk about things that Jesus talked about and he had a lot to say. But sadly, big news have kind of talked about how there are publicly crumbling churches right now who have not handled money well and who have abused all that has been given 
to their churches. And so it is a real perception and it is a real fear that this is something that happens in Australia and around the world, in church world. But the truth is that local churches are actually more than ever fast running out of resources because of perception that people are holding back from giving to kingdom work because they can't trust where it goes. So that's the first thing. That's one of the pastor's fears. That's a complex list there that we could go on with, but let's just keep moving. The other thing is it's an awkward conversation for pastors to talk about. Here's why. For me, if you think about it, it's awkward because I'm actually being employed by this organisation, by this church. And so I get a wage from this church. And the giving that is given through your generosity, it becomes a wage for me. And so it's awkward. It's awkward to talk about that. But I stand in front of you today and I say that all the offerings that you bring are part of the generosity of the Father towards me so that I can do the kingdom work that God has given me to do. And so we don't um, hide from awkward positions of conversation, thinking, ah, oh, she's just pumping up the tires so that we get a bit more money and I can buy a jet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not where we're going, all right? You can relax. But it is a legitimate problem that we stand as an employee as well as part of our church. And so I ask for your grace as we move through today. Lots of grace for the awkward moments of conversation that we might be having. And the third thing that is really has been my lived experience is that there is a demonic power structure that does not like any kingdom activity. And if there's any resources going to God's kingdom expanding, this demonic structure rises and pummels anyone that will talk about kingdom generosity. And so I ask for your prayers as well as we keep moving through this series because we want freedom to be able to talk about the things that Jesus talked about and to see that kingdom expand. And these dark, structured, demonic powers are real and they happen around resources. And that could be why we are seeing a lot of churches under-resourced is it pushes back. And there's a whole lot I could say about strongholds, but I don't want us to land there today. But I want you to know, pray that kingdom resources are again flooding into kingdom life so that we see the expanding of what we know Jesus has. It's real. Demonic structures do not want to see you free in generosity or churches free in resource. So when Luke is talking here and showing John the Baptist's words about have you got an extra shirt, have you got enough to pay for someone else's dinner, are you content with your pay? When he's seeing that, I wonder what you know of Jesus' priority. What did Jesus say about generosity? What did Jesus say about material realities? and about financial issues. So I've been doing some research because I've been under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and it's been amazing to see that Jesus talked about money a lot. You know that, right? You know that. But he talked about it more than anything except for the kingdom. The kingdom was the first and the most that he talked about. And the very next thing was money, possessions, and material goods. He talked about it three times more. 
seven times more than He talked about it more than heaven and our eternal destiny. Seventeen of his 39 parables are directly addressing the issue of material resources. So 25% of Jesus' teaching is about wealth, material matters, and about money. So there's another layer there of awkward there, because as I was listening and doing some more research, there was a preacher that actually decided to see how much he had actually preached over two decades on money. If Jesus did it that way, 25%, am I close? And this guy, sadly, found out that he, all the, the topics that he taught on, that he only taught um, 0.5 of 1% about money. This is like an experienced, amazing preacher that knows the Word of God. And so he stood in front of his church and he apologised. He said, I'm sorry that I've spurted away from something that was a priority for Jesus. And so I will do the same. Again, I want to stand before you and say, I am so sorry that I have spurted into my comfort zone of leaving your conversation with the Holy Spirit about generosity and not treating it as something that was a priority for Jesus. I'm sorry. Like that other pastor, I say, I'm sorry for not discipling us in the way that you deserve, in the way that Jesus would want to prioritize. And so I ask for your forgiveness. Does your leader on do better? And I ask that you forgive me for not taking the priority of Jesus. If we're going to take Jesus seriously, we can't start sidestep this topic. And I know there are testimonies galore amongst you in your lived experience about how Jesus has spoken to you, about kingdom generosity, and how you're already living that. And today, I just want to remind us, and if you're here for the first time, I'm sorry if you're feeling anxious that there's a pastor talking about money. I hope that you'll have a lot of grace for me and please come back another week and we won't be talking about it in the same <laughs> intensity. <laughs> Give us another chance if you're nervous about that because I know the unattractive history that comes with the model of a pastor talking about money. I drag all that in with this conversation. So I want to invite you today as well to feel the invitation into this conversation because as well as us pursuing healing, which is what the Father is saying to us, kingdom generosity runs right alongside that. Because if we know that the Father is generous towards us and loves us so much that he's going to flow kingdom resources through us and to us for all that we need, we will stand confidently and in certainty that he's also going to do the same with flowing healing through us. And I know that your hearts are leaning towards that, and so we're putting this together because we live an integrated life. We are living spiritual practices, and often spiritual gets um, kind of in our Western mindset misunderstood. Spiritual, in my mind, spiritual practices like kingdom generosity is actually animated by the Spirit. And so kingdom generosity, we're inviting the Spirit to animate, animate, our life as kingdom generous people. 
We're inviting him to come and fill, holistically, integrate everything that is material as well as everything that is animated by the spirit, spiritual. And so it's an exciting invitation that we're getting, and it's uncomfortable and awkward, and there's a lot of perceptions that are around that. Your spiritual life is directly connected to how you manage your money and your possessions. Baptism, what a great illustration. Surrender all. We sang it today. That's why I'm trying to start singing that song. I'm like, oh, no. What's my task is to surrender. I surrender all. There's everything. Not holding a little bit for ourselves. And so that is such a great illustration of how we can say this sacred and secular. Everything except the money. We are baptized and surrendered into everything. So we're just quickly going to run through another expression of how the Lord's doing this practically with his people. And he started by daily providing in manna and quail. As we see the big story of God, his people were learning to trust in him and depend on him. And we're going to check now what happens as they move further into the story. Exodus 16. And people of God are now producing their own crops. They're not just receiving daily, they're producing their own crops. And here's what the Lord said to them. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard the second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Leave margins for others with what you have in your hands. We're here, we're called to this today, to leave margins with what we have for other people, not to have it all for ourselves. And this is a very very amazing instruction because it's saying leave some of the goodness for those that are wandering past be expressed through your life by leaving margins and so my question today is are we leaving margins in what we have been given to us by god are we leaving margins are we being intentional by leaving margins in our life in our homes in the way that we prepare are there margins there for others it's an instruction that he gives. Are you leaving margins? And he made it a law. And he created it to be, this is the way I want you to live. Are you leaving margins? Do not deprive. Are you playing games in the dream space? I wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> You're in charge. <laughs> I feel like I'm spinning. Let's have a look at Deuteronomy 24. There we go. Do not deprive the foreigner or the fatherless of justice. Do not and take the cloak of widow of widow as a pledge. Remember that you were slaves. Remember you were slaves of Egypt, and the Lord your God has redeemed you from there. And this is why I commanded you to do this. 
So again, the Lord's putting in, in the hearts of his people as you're traveling through the wilderness. And then as you have receiving the promises that he's given you, don't forget the others that also need to be receiving God's blessing. And don't forget that you used to be that person. Remember, remember these things. We can flip onto the next slide. Thank you, Harry. Watch how easy it's going to be. Yes. <laughs> and again, here's the instructions in Deuteronomy. When you gather the grapes in your vineyard, don't bring the vines after they're picked. Leave the remaining grapes for the foreigners, for the orphans, for the widows. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt, and that is why I'm giving you this command. Be margins in your life with the resources that God's given you. That's why he's given us that command. And the other thing is that we're going to see as we finish here, is he's reminding us on the next slide, remember. Remember why we've been given so much is because of the generosity of the Father. And we have so much to give and to share because of the remembering that he rescued us in his love. And that the anxieties and the powers that try to shut us down and think of generosity, he had no power because his love is stronger. His love and his power provides for you, for your family, for your neighbourhood, and for your community. For the poor and the widow and the wanderer, his love provides. God uses the wilderness to win us to woo us back to his ways. And he uses the prophetic voice of people like John the Baptist to say, live this way. What does it mean? Share what you have. And the word of the Lord for us today is create margins if you have enough to share with others. And in the vineyard, there's so many stories of our beginnings of people that would just have groceries in their car to give away at any time. Today we might translate that as we're standing in a grocery line and the Holy Spirit says pray for that person. And I know many of you have done that with joy because the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. And there are many different ways that we can have margins where we are able just to bless others, particularly those who are foreigners particularly those who are widows, particularly those who do not have the supply yet. From the Father. So the wilderness is a place where we move through and he teaches our heart posture. As he woos us and says, I'm your provider. And today, I just want us to, again, stand before him. Our generous God, Jehovah Jireh, is what Trav was singing today. That's what we joined in, and we're just going to again acknowledge yeah, you're our provider. And we want to see not only an increase in healing flow through us, we want to see the increase and the joy of generosity as we leave margins in our life for that. So I just invite you to stand, and I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And the food then will be ready for us. But as always, there is a blessing from the Father today, and there's an invitation. So after I pray this blessing, I'm going to invite Harry to come up and invite us again to receive any healing that we need. So there's going to be two old things happening right now before we move to the table. So let's pray. 
Holy Spirit, would you just reveal the Father's love to us right now? Thank you that as you do that, Lord, you're going to generously expose anything that's in us, that we've built up, any infrastructure in our heart that is stopping the flow of your generosity through us. And so come now, would you come now? Because apart from your love and your generosity, we're not set free to give away anything because we only give away what you've given to us. So come now, Lord, and we prioritise anything that we put first above you. Would you cause our lives to look like yours? To ask now, Holy Spirit, thank you for the flow of generosity that comes from your kingdom. And I ask, Lord, if there's any irrational fear, anything that's an anxiety that's being charged or driven by the demonic structures that are stopping the generosity of the kingdom to flow, any spiritual dynamics in the atmosphere of this season, in this culture that we are standing in, Lord, I ask that you would break that now in the name of Jesus and that your goodness, Jesus, would again breakthrough into our lives. Nothing would be a barrier to your kingdom generosity. We choose not to be driven around material possessions. We choose to be led by your spirit. We choose not to be driven by the anxieties of this world that is being blasted through all communications and media. We say, Lord, we stand in your culture. We stand in your kingdom. And Lord, thank you that you force us to walk in freedom. And just ask that there would be conversations that would rise, that would be free to be talking about things that used to be private matters, that we would be a people that would be free to talk about our private matters that become your material goods, Lord. And Father, right now I ask you to forgive every leader, including me, any person involved in ministry in the body of Christ that has painted the wrong picture about what material resources are about. Where there's been fear, I ask for your forgiveness. And Lord, that every pastor and leader around in this nation would be full of integrity in the way that they would lead the kingdom resources. Turn it around, Lord, renew your church in this season. We ask for that for your glory, for your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen.